And joining us now, President and CEO of Green Plains Incorporated, Todd Becker is with us. Todd, great to catch up with you, sir. How are you today? I'm good. Jesse, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. Thanks for the time joining us here today on the program. And uh, Todd, we got some exciting things to talk about. I just want to start first. Uh, Green Plains uh, recently released their uh, 2021 sustainability report. We know sustainability is a hot topic in agriculture. Can you just uh, give us uh, some thoughts and, and go over that report a little bit, some of the uh, some of the big highlights that we saw there? Yeah, from Green Plains, sustainability is more than just decarbonization, and, and we can get into that in a little bit because I think that's an extremely important ro a role that we play in agriculture and agricultural processing and technologies is to understand how to decarbonize these processes and give the world and, and society what, what they're looking for from that perspective. But our sustainability report, being a public company, also has to focus on not just environmental, but social and governance and, and really thinking about those things. So what we did and what we believe uh, the result was, was put out a couple of years of sustainability reports that we believe are absolutely the standard in, in the industry and, and, and across industries as well. You know, and it really just talks about, you know, how we're focused on a company from everywhere from people to process to our role in, in, as, in, as an organization from a social perspective and how we run our organization, whether it's from human rights to, to environmental, to board diversity, to employees, to communities and so on. And, and then obviously, most importantly, uh, after taking care of your employees, your customers, your shareholders and your stakeholders is really then focusing on the environmental side of our business and and how do we continue to decarbonize a, a platform that traditionally was already you know low carbon anyways and you know, contrary to to some beliefs of people I mean ethanol and and, and biofuels in general mm -hmm. already was reducing carbon uh, carbon emissions and was really kind of the true environmental a program, a low carbon program that's existed for 20 years. And, and while, well, well, maybe the industry lost a little bit of the court of public opinion, you know, we already knew that we, we reduced carbon emissions out of the tail pipe, pipe, pipe almost by 60% just by making the fuel. And, you know, but just remember we fight for, we fight for that, for, we fight for our place in the fuel supply. So, you know, sustainability is extremely important, but it goes, it goes beyond just environmental. And, and I think we have a responsibility and accountability to, those that depend on us every day and and whether it's like i said whether it's our customers whether it's our employees or whether it's our stakeholders you know we're that's that's really what this report was solely was focused on well todd you know you mentioned decarbonization and we look at uh, everything going on in washington dc right now i think about some of the different uh, bills that have worked their way through congress uh, that have a climate focus and you know we look at everything in general with what's happening there uh, what are your thoughts with where things stand you, you mentioned you made a comment you know maybe some folks we lost the court of public opinion with some for uh, parts of the uh, biofuel ethanol industry etc but, but i mean thinking about what we're seeing out of dc right now how does that impact things moving forward what are your thoughts with just where decarbonization and everything around energy etc kind of stands right now yeah i think i think this program that is coming out on the inflation act and and the aspects within the legislation as it relates to to renewable fuels and biofuels and decarbonization and and really is is the program that I think will lead this industry and, and not just not just what we produce, 
but this industry in terms of uh, what we put out into into the world, it really gives us what we've been looking for, which is a technology neutral, clean production, clean fuel production credit as as really the ultimate goal of where we're going with with the industries. But it really sets up well, not green planes as well as I think the overall biofuel space to to now have a program to invest behind. You know, when somebody said, you know, decarbonization, how much are you spending and what's the return? I often get that question and I say, well, you know, that's a tough one because uh, they want the world wants us to decarbonize even further than we already have. But I don't know that I don't know. I don't have a program and I don't have a value of carbon. And I don't have, you know, these things set up domestically and globally. So it's hard to hard to allocate investment capital. And what this new program out of D.C. is it gives us the ability to understand how to allocate investment capital. So, for example, first on the farm, you know, I think, you know, for your audience that listens in, the the bill is going to give billions and billions of dollars to help on farm sustainability practices, even more than what the the, the U.S. producer has already done, because I, I, I strongly believe that um, the U.S. producer is a is an environmentalist. I mean, corn corn farmers and soybean farmers and wheat farmers they are the true environmentalists. They are, they sink carbon into the ground and they grow things using that carbon, and and we can make products out of that, whether it's food, feed, fuels, all the rest of it. And that's it's that's the true environmentalist side of agriculture. But the bill the bill gives that billions and billions and millions of dollars to really drive down those practices on the farm. And I think there's an on farm solution a full farm solution that has to be thought about, not just nitrogen application and, and no-till. So I think that's coming. You know, it leads also with this biodiesel tax credit extension. Obviously, that's important to lots of people, uh, and including Green Plains. Even though we don't make renewable diesel, we make a low-carbon vegetable oil that goes into renewable diesel. It's a renewable oil. It's a waste oil. It's not a food oil. And uh, it's half the carbon score almost of, uh, of soybean oil. So that extended that gave the certainty to invest in terms of the processing assets behind it, but also gives us certainty that, you know, we're going to be able to provide a, a great product for that, for that industry. And, and again, it's, there's only one product that they grind, that they make renewable diesel out of that's, that's lower carbon uh, than, than distillers corn oil and renewable corn oil like we make, but we have a great product. So it really gives us, you know, I think is a long-term view of, of, where we're going to go with our products and continue to invest to try and get more oil out of the corn kernel. From there, there's the tax credit on advanced biofuels, a dollar one tax credit. Uh, that's an that's a fantastic opportunity. A lot of people don't really realize, but in a generation one corn-based ethanol plant, there are now technologies that you can take some of that fuel and convert it into advanced biofuels. And and while you don't want to build a whole plant because it might not be economic to do that. You know, the enzymes that were going to be used originally in cellulosic ethanol uh, can now be brought into a a corn generation one plant and start mm-hmm. to go after some of the the fiber, uh, the available sugars that are sitting in the fiber that you couldn't access with traditional enzymes. So that's that gives us a view that we should invest behind, you know, getting some more advanced biofuels out of our generation one plants. And so that's in- interesting. There's Obviously, the infrastructure from for blending, I think it's something like $500 million they're going to invest in blending infrastructure to in- increase the amount of biofuels that are in our, our gasoline supply. The carbon credit, the 45Q, it really just makes carbon sequestration in any way, shape, or form investable. They get this tax credit from $50 to $85. So the, all the pipelines you hear about, all the carbon sequestration, the direct inject, 
into other products. There's a great opportunity there. There's the SAF credit, which then says invest behind sustainable aviation fuels. And, and, and anybody that knows and heard me before is saying, you know, it has heard me say alcohol to jet will be a reality. We just didn't have a program to invest in it behind it, but the technology is there mm-hmm. both and globally, whether it's some that have been announced and some that haven't been announced, there's definitely technologies. And then the last one is this clean fuel production credit, which is once I sequester the carbon, I get a new carbon score. And then every point of carbon reduction after that is worth two cents a gallon. And, you know, we think that's a, you know, a 30 to 35 uh, carbon score reduction opportunity at two cents a gallon for an industry like us. It could be 50 to 60 to 70 cents a gallon uplift at, for a certain period of time. But we have to invest behind that, how to reduce, you know, the use of fossil fuels in our plants to power our plants and look at things like uh, fluidized, fluidized boilers or look at things like uh, biomass boilers or combined heat and power or any or, or fuel cells or whatever it is to make sure we have uninterrupted power, but not really come off the grid or come out of the uh, natural gas pipeline. So this really has laid out a program for us to decarbonize. And, and just to close on that, the best thing about all of that is these initiatives that I've laid out, even though they're in a very partisan bill and we know it's going to be a partisan vote, these things that I've laid out are actually bipartisan initiatives. We've been trying to get into some type of legislation. So while you might hear it's a partisan bill, at least on some of these for, uh, for our industry and, and what we focus on in agriculture, there's partisan support on a lot of these initiatives. So it's a really fantastic opportunity for this industry to really invest behind decarbonization. Well, Todd, fantastic insight into that. Uh, I'm glad you uh, brought up all those points. And you mentioned a, a few things on products uh, in, in that uh, response as well. And i just love to kind of expand on that, talk a little more about green planes. I know kind of the transformation, more products with local farmers' crops you guys are, are working with, and then you know also some of your processes as well. Can you just kind of touch on that for us real quick? Yeah, so we always knew that the traditional Generation 1 dry milling operation only made two or three products, and yet we knew that there's 200 different products or more that can come out of, that can come out of a corn kernel. And so, but we never really had the ability or the, to access those products, whether it's starches or sugars or fibers or dextrose or glucose or fructose or all these things that come out of, come out of a corn kernel. We just made ethanol and distiller's grains and a little bit of corn oil. And so, you know, what we did is we, with our partners at BlackRock and Osprey, we, we made an investment and acquired and then ultimately acquired Flu Equipped Technologies and their suite of IP that can start to grab higher value products in our process to really transform green planes from a generation one ethanol producer to a generation two biorefinery platform where we can do everything all the way through sugar to bioplastics or or sugar to food or dextrose to you know products or starches or fibers or yeasts and those type of things so and high value proteins and grab more oil out of the kernel we knew that it was always there. We just never had the IP or the technology to do that. So what we did is, we, as I said, we, we acquired the technology and we're putting, we have a $500 million transformation program just on the generation one assets, just to grab higher value proteins, higher value yeast and higher value um, oils. And so we can, that, you know, we've been rolling that out. We have two, two operating. We've got three that are starting up this last half of the year. We've got two more going into construction and one partnership. So, by 2024, which we've laid out, will be a completely different company than than when we look what we look like today. But on top of that, 
you know, there's going to be what's the next thing we do. It's going to be around clean sugar. We know we have a technology as well that we believe we can, instead of make ethanol all the time and alcohol, we can actually grab some of that starch and, and convert it into fructose and glucose and dextrose and, and partner with companies on co-locations into food and, you know, things to bioplastics, biochemicals, bioMEG, you know, bioglycols, anything like that. So we feel like that's a big thing for us. We do specialty alcohols. We, uh, we're transforming how we buy it. We're working with, with customers around the world in pet food who would have never bought from a generation one plant in aquaculture who would have never bought from a generation one plant, but the, the, the product we're putting out is such higher quality than we've ever made before. And it gives them unique opportunities to then take these new products and, and build rations around them and, and change the way that the animal performs and, and so on. So we've really just got this amazing transformation happening where with great support from the market and, and now with this program that I talked about on the Inflation Reduction Act, on top of everything we're doing, you know, we think our company is, and, and we actually we actually kind of think the industry at this point is starting to become understood a bit more. And this is this programs that that are out there really we think revalues the whole industry. And it's all ultimately, you know, where we maybe we make less motor fuel and we make more just aviation fuels. And I think that's where we can make a big impact as a company and as an industry is to in aviation fuels, which is really looking for a solution on on from a decarbonization standpoint, it has to have a solution. And the only thing in critical mass, I believe, will be alcohol to jet at some point in, in our future. It might not happen in the next two years, but in the next five to 10 years, we'll see that. So we're really just on a massive transformation of this company. We're just getting started. It was a 2024 kind of end, you know, really when we kick this thing into full gear while we're building these things. And and all that comes with lower carbon products, low carbon sugars, low carbon proteins, low carbon oils, all those type of things on top of that. And we're, our investors are excited, our employees are excited, our customers are excited, and it's an amazing thing that we're doing with this company. It's an amazing opportunity. Well, Todd, great insight and uh, really have appreciated uh, catching up with you. Before we run out of time, any other final thoughts real quick or where could folks learn more about all the great things you guys are doing with Green Plains? Yeah, listen, as we started out, our sustainability report is online. Uh, it's got, you know, it's having a great response. You can read through, you can learn a lot about what we're doing as not just a company, but as an industry and how to think about the future of, of what we do. Remember, we're fighting for our share of the fuel of, of the fuel tank, and uh, and it's a big foe and opponent that we have ahead of us, and and we fight hard for getting that share. But it's a great fuel, and so you can go on gpreinc.com and look at everything that we're doing. You can just Google it. You can Google Fluid Clip, everything we're doing from that perspective, and you know it's it's all out there. And I think as you read it, I think we're laying the roadmap, at least our roadmap. Now, now every somebody may have another path. But we're laying our roadmap to success and how this industry and our company and and really to the benefit of not just the consumer but to the u.s farmer can really participate in in all the aspects of what we really can do uh with these crops and uh and how we could play a role in this uh in the society of decarbonization that's uh, so important to people well again online gpreinc.com with that president and ceo of green plains incorporated todd becker appreciate the time thanks for joining us today and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk again real soon all right anytime let me know thanks <laughs>